Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mornings with Ron. I'm so thankful to have you take a little time out of your busy schedule to spend it with me as we continue the passion series that we started a couple months ago. I've had the amazing opportunity to talk to some awesome people and learned a lot during those discussions. Also, I want to thank everyone who's purchased my book, Mornings with Ron. It's now available in three versions out on Amazon, paperback, audio, and Kindle. And remember that a portion of the proceeds go to support my nonprofit, Bring Smiles to Seniors. We also had a big announcement today in that we delivered over 74,000 cards so far this year. If you'll remember, we did 71,586 in 2019 and had a goal to do one more card than we did last year. And we've hit that number in May already. So it's just uh, with everything going on with seniors in isolation, obviously a big need for what we're doing right now. So boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for you today. Talk about passion. My guest today hits two of the passions in my life, making a difference in the world and musical theater. I'm so honored to introduce you to today's guest, 15-year-old Gracie Dundee. Welcome to my podcast, Gracie. Thank you so much for having me. Now, when you hear this bio, you're going to ask, is she really 15? Gracie had an early love for Broadway. She's been performing a musical theater production since she was six and has played a range of leading roles on stage. She's performed at numerous benefit concerts, including Tunes in Times Square in New York City. She studies voice privately with Lindsay Mendez and Lisa Matsko-Hamilton. At the Coburn School in Los Angeles, Gracie studies musical theater, dance, acting, music theory, composing, piano, guitar, and ukulele. In December 2019, Gracie had her solo vocal debut performance at where else but Carnegie Hall. She's won multiple vocal awards, including first place for musician theater in the American Protégé International Vocal Competition. It was a Professional Arts Education Center Merit Scholarship recipient, not in just 2019, but 2020 as well. And if that isn't enough for 15, this summer, Gracie will be attending the Juilliard School's Summer Voice Program. Gracie, I have to tell you, you are living my dream. How did you get started at such an early age? Musical theater has always been a huge, huge part of my life. But I think the moment I really found out that I wanted it to be forever in my life was when I was four years old. I went to see the musical Mary Poppins with my mom. And that was the first time I'd ever, I'd ever seen a musical done live on stage. And that was like the moment everything came together. And I was like, I want to do this. I told my mom, I was like, I want to do what that girl's doing to the girl who played Jane Banks in the show. And that was the moment I was like, I have to do this. So I spent the next couple of years begging her to let me take voice lessons. And when, when I was six years old, I finally convinced her. So, And from there, I've just been training ever since. And we never forget our first show, do we? Never. Yes. So important. <laughs> I think the first show that I saw on Broadway anyway was um, Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's and, one of my uh, favorites. It was just, uh, I, I was hooked from that moment on. It was, uh, <laughs> yes. it was, it was just crazy. Yeah. So why, why do you want to pursue um, musical theater? Singing was the thing that first brought me into just the world of music, basically. I mean, I always was singing. There's videos of me at literally like three years old just trying to sing. And I could barely like just, yeah, it was so funny. But um, that was really what I always knew I loved singing. And when I saw Mary Poppins, it was the first time I realized people did this as a career. Like this was something you can actually do and make money for basically and like people actually do it and so I realized then I was like oh I want to do that too and I really do love watching theater shows as well but since I was I'm always very musical like music is what 
I love most of all. And that's kind of what drew me to musical theater specifically. You know, it's funny. A lot of people, it, when you're talking about musical theater, people will say uh, they either love it or they hate it. And I believe that those who love it have to be born with the gene for loving musical theater. Don't you think? I definitely think so. Yeah, I do think that there's something there's a musical for everyone, pretty much, I believe. But I know some people don't like it for some reason. But yeah, I do feel like it's kind of you have that music gene or you don't. So do you have a dream role that you want to play? I would love to play Eponine and Les Mis, which is every theater girl's dream role. But I'm trying to think if there's any more like rarer ones that aren't people aren't saying as much. And one that comes to mind that is a newer show on Broadway, but a very big success is to play Zoe Murphy in Dear Evan Hansen. That's like a new dream role for me. He won a Tony for that, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes. Um, it was. I actually got to see the show and I fell in love with um, Zoe's role. I think that's a really cool role. And it's just, yeah, it's it's amazing. The music's amazing and the character's amazing. So hopefully one day. That one's on my list. I haven't actually seen that one yet. So, but you definitely should. <laughs> I will. What's your favorite role that you've played so far? I would have to say Wendy and Peter Pan. I thought that was really fun. I played that, I think when I was a couple years ago, I played it and it, I had to do the accent, which was really interesting, the British accent. And um, that was new for me because I had worked on accents, but performing with one is very different. I think it's a new experience. So that's very interesting to me because I there's a lot of uh, uh, American actors that do foreign accents and a lot of foreign actors that do American accents. And, you know, when you think about learning a language, right, you have to go and you have to actually learn all the different words that are part of that language if you're English speaking. But what's it like to learn actually a, a dialect? Uh, like, let's say you're American and you're trying to learn a British accent. Is it is it kind of like learning a different language itself? I would say yes. I was actually surprised at how difficult it is because amazing actors just make it seem so easy. I mean, that's what they want and it's working. But I was surprised at actually how much like time goes into learning the accent. And um, what we did was we listened to someone speak with the accent and then we would go back and forth saying phrases. And it was interesting seeing someone who actually had the accent, how they view us, because to us it might sound fine, but there's certain phrases and words that we just wouldn't pronounce the way they would and like we wouldn't even realize it'd be different. So that was really helpful and interesting, I think, for me. And how long does it take to actually nail an accent down? I think it varies on the accent. I mean, I can't learn a Southern accent to save my life. I'm not sure why. I've been, it's really difficult for me. Yeah, but I think, um, I, I think just English came, I mean, the British accent came much easier to me. So, I mean, that took at least a month when I felt pretty pretty comfortable with it, like ready to perform, but Southern accent, we're still trying. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. I would have thought, you know, it would take years. So that, that's so mean, surprising. It's not quite that long. It definitely helped that I had a script. So I just had to do kind of do that script. I mean, maybe if you were trying to speak with it forever or something, then it would be more difficult, but I kind of knew what words I had to get down based on what I had to say. So that helped me. Oh, that makes sense. Okay. So you got just a specific portion of language that you need to learn to get through that script. And that's not like carrying on an everyday conversation in your life and having to speak everything in that same dialect. I think that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. That's what I think helped me. Because I know if you were doing like, I don't know, something where you had to like improv in the accent, you would probably have to know it better than I had to because I luckily had that in advance. That was helpful. So if you could create a new play or musical about anything, um, what would it be? I love musicals that are rooted 
in some truth, something we've experienced. And one thing that I, it's been made into a musical, but I would love to do my own take on it as I'm really interested in the sinking of the Titanic. And that was a musical on Broadway, but I always thought it would be really cool as a musical. And I would like to try and do it differently. I mean, the Broadway musical is wonderful. Don't get me wrong, but I would like to just, I think that'd be cool to do my own take on it. Yeah, that would be, um, it's definitely a story that everybody knows and yeah. something that would be very um, interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, play you could put on it outside of a Broadway production. And that'd be pretty cool. Definitely. Yeah. And I like um, shows that have like basis on like real big events in history. I always think those are really interesting. So if you learn something from a show, I think that's really cool. So that'd be cool. <laughs> I remember, and this isn't, I don't think, well, maybe it is. You tell me is if Rent was based on a true story. I know it came from La Boheme, right? Like, I mean, I don't think it was based on one real story or true story. I think it was just more people's experiences. So I'm sure they took inspiration from real people, but I don't think it was based on one real person. But, you know, it's funny when you're watching the show and uh, I I didn't like it when I saw it on Broadway and then I saw it in another theater in Seattle where I really enjoyed it a lot. And it could be a real life story, right? Because, I mean, a lot of the stuff that we see on Broadway and we see in plays and, you know, we see in movies are things that could have happened in real life somewhere or actually did happen in real life somewhere. But you could totally see the events that were unfolding in, in that musical playing out in, in a real life scenario. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I think um, Jonathan Larson, the composer, did an amazing job. I think with some musicals, people are like, oh, I don't know if I can really get into the story because of the music. But I think Jonathan Larson was amazing at taking music and kind of adding to it and doing it because the characters could not just speak anymore. Like it was too emotional. So they had to sing. And I think he's a really great storyteller in that way, the way he writes. Yeah, I think that's why. <laughs> I agree. And then Len Manuel Manuel Miranda did the same thing, right? He turned around with Hamilton and Oh yeah, for uh, sure. All of his musicals, even like in the Heights and Bring It On, I think he he's really great at pulling from like either history with Hamilton or just like people's real experiences. I think that's really cool. So what do you find most challenging about your passion? I think people would be surprised at how much rejection people get through this industry. It's a really, really tough industry and you're going to hear more no's than you hear yeses, especially at first, um, before you're like an established working actress or actor. But I think that would surprise people because I think they think if you just train and you're the best or whatever, then you'll get all the roles. And that's just not what happens. It's all about networking and connections and also training. I mean, you have to you have to train, but a lot more goes into it than just having a great singing voice or something. Yeah, you just don't walk into a Broadway theater and sign up and walk out on the stage, do you? There's a lot of. No, it would be great if we could. I would love uh, to. Do wouldn't that. that be nice? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. So, but you know, when I was a, a kid, I actually uh, I wanted to be a dancer, and that was really my passion. But I grew up in a small farm town where you know boys didn't really dance, and. I think it's a lot easier for kids today, especially boys who want to pursue musical theater than it was in the past and certainly in my time. So do you think it's a generational thing or are we just more accepting as a society? I think it's a little bit of both. I definitely think the upcoming generations are more accepting of people and just I feel like everyone is just more like accepting of people doing what they love. And if it doesn't hurt anybody, anyone should be allowed to do what they love, in my opinion. So I think that it's that. And I also think as a society, we're seeing more people kind of pursuing their dreams and not really caring about what people are saying, like haters and stuff. So I think, I think both, I think we're more accepting as a society and also it's generations, the upcoming generations are helping promote that. 
Yeah, and I think that's um, the upcoming generations are going to be our saving grace, actually. I think so, too. To make the world a better place. Um, a more accepting place, anyway, for sure. So do you have a favorite movie um, that involves uh, dance or music that stands out for you? I'm a huge Golden Age fan for musical theater. That's always been my thing. Like, I've loved listening to, like, Judy Garland back, you know, just all that stuff. But um, my favorite dance movie musical is Singing in the Rain because I'm a huge fan of tap and I just love the Good Morning song and they're all, like, tapping and stuff. That's my favorite. Well, I I have to tell you, mine is a few years ago, I was going on a cruise and I was in Anchorage, Alaska, waiting for the cruise to leave and I had nothing to do. So I decided I was going to go to the movies and I knew there was this movie about kids that were going to um, to school for music and dance and it was called Center Stage. Yes. <laughs> and I decided I was going to go see it and I sat there in awe uh, watching the movie and when the movie was over... I sat in my seat for like 15 minutes crying because my dream was right there on the screen. And I you know it was too late for me to to do my passion that I had earlier on in life. But um, it, w- it was just uh, amazing to watch these kids play out their dream, you know, on the big screen of, of going to school for this. A hundred percent. Yeah, I think that's why so many people love that movie and movies like that, because I think it's it really shows, I mean, it kind of gives the audience a view into what being a dancer is like, like not just the performance aspect, but what you have to train so hard and the nose and the rejection, all of that stuff is in it. But also I think it's just people living their dream. And I think to any audience member, whether you want to do musical theater or not, that's inspiring. You know, you talk about the training. I don't think that a lot of people, I mean, you know, you'll go to the theater or you'll see a movie or you'll, you'll see people singing and dancing and people just think that it comes natural to them and that's just what they do. And I don't think a lot of people realize all of the training and work that goes behind being able to do those things. So tell me a little bit about, you know, what that's like for you. It's a lot of training. And I think that's another thing that, again, like you said, people don't really realize, which is kind of an actor's job. I mean, we don't want to make it look like it's too much work because that's not the goal, but um, it does take a lot of work. I mean, uh, I'm taking 14 classes a week currently at uh, my performing arts school just to kind of give myself the best chance possible. But there's so many skills that you wouldn't even realize go into it. Like, obviously, you have to sing, act, and dance. But then there's also, like, being able to read music, playing an instrument, any special skills you can have, like dialects, accents, all that stuff are so important and really go into the, ca- the casting process a lot. So I think people would be surprised at that aspect. Did I hear you say 14 classes? Yes. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a lot, yeah. And some are repeated. Like I have ballet a couple times a week. So that's, yeah, probably more than that. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then also academic classes. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Got to get those in there, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> so if you had a magic wand, what show would you do next? Ooh, this is hard. Okay, there's so many good ones. I'm really right now, during this quarantine time, I've fallen in love with the musical The Mad Ones, which didn't make it to Broadway yet. I think it might. But I would love to do that show at some point. It's about a high school senior, so I'm a little young for it, but hopefully soon. And um, it's just, the score is amazing. Like, it's it's really like, just, I would love, I would love to play Samantha Brown in that. I think it's a really great show. And I hope more people get to see it at some point. What's it about? It's about this girl who's graduating high school and trying to kind of figure out what's next for her, basically. Like, does she want to go to college? Does she want to do something else? And kind of 
her, the whole thing is her story of kind of figuring out what that what that next step for her is. I don't want to spoil too much, but it's no, really right, good. Right. <laughs> yeah, go look at the cast album. I recommend right. it. <laughs> well, real life comes to theater, right? Yes. That's, yeah. That's awesome. Sure. It's very real for a lot of people, I think. So I did some uh, theater in high school and college, and my biggest fear was not remembering my lines. And I had sometimes nightmares of forgetting my lines. What's your biggest fear? I'm always scared. I'm going to mess up choreography, which I guess isn't the worst thing that can happen. I mean, I'm sure, but um, I'm always scared for choreography because for singing and acting, you can kind of either, if you mess up a line, you can kind of like come up with a new one that kind of has the same like intent as your original line if you can't remember what it was. And then for singing, you can just, you can figure something out, I think, or sing law if you have to. But for dance, it's so obvious if you're off on even one step. I mean, the audience's eye goes right to you if you're doing like an ensemble number. So that's that's my biggest fear for sure. And when you're in a role, what's the last thing that you do before you step out on stage and the curtain goes up? I like, um, I have a quote that I always think of, and it's by Sierra Bogus. It's, you are enough. You are so enough. It's unbelievable how enough you are. So I try and say that to myself before I go on. And just, I try and think as positive as possible, because as soon as you think negative, bad stuff happens. (laughs) Um, What accomplishment are you most proud of? I have to say, at the moment, my most my accomplishment I'm most proud of is when I got to sing at Carnegie Hall. That was a dream of mine forever, like since I could like talk. Um, I always listened to Judy Garland at Carnegie Hall, the album. And that's actually what I was listening to backstage before I went on. And I just, I remember she just like, yeah, it just was incredible. I, I always imagined hopefully getting to do that at some point. It seemed kind of out of reach because it just, yeah. But then getting to actually do it was in- amazing incredible. <laughs> I've actually been to some shows at Carnegie Hall. I lived in New Jersey for 12 years and um, that it's an incredible stage. And when you think of all the history of the people who have performed and acted on that stage, I, I just can't even imagine what that feeling must have been like. It was amazing because I just, I, it's all these people I've looked up to my whole life, just thinking like maybe I'm standing in the same spot they, st- they stood at one point, like Bernadette Peters, Judy Garland, Barbara Streisand, all the people. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. No one famous. Yeah, just- <laughs> no one. Just, just your average people. Uh, what's been the best performance of your career so far? I don't want to say this, but I think I'm going to say that again. I feel like that day, I was so like, I'm not sure how this is going to go up, up until that day. But when I woke up, I just felt so calm and just excited for this opportunity and I didn't have any like nervous energy or anything which was really surprising for me and I was just able to really like soak up the moment I think to its its full potential so that was and I think that helped the ultimate performance I mean I'm really proud of that day well my guess is it won't be your last performance on the Carnegie Hall stage thank you I was actually supposed to sing there again this June but unfortunately it got postponed but at least I still get next year I'll get to sing there hopefully (laughs) Something to look forward to. Yes, definitely. (laughs) So since we both like musical theater, I have to ask you, um, what's your favorite musical? I'm going to be very cliche and say Wicked because that's the musical. uh, It's like Les Mis for me and for a lot of people. Both of those musicals really got me into theater. And they were the ones that I first discovered when I was really little and just knew every word to. I could sing every song. But my, um, my voice coach was in Wicked. And I remember just being so excited to get to meet her because she was Alphabet. And that was like so crazy to uh-huh. me. But that's, that's a special musical for me. It has a lot of sentimental um, like value because of that. 
Okay, I can't believe I'm going to tell you this, but I actually, um, I did see Wicked on Broadway. It's on my list to see again because the night I went to see it was a night after I had just flown back from Thailand, so you know, which is like a 23-hour yes. trip. And yeah. I actually fell asleep and slept through the entire oh, thing, no. if you could believe that. I mean, it's pretty um, now, yeah. <laughs> I'm yes, embarrassed to, to say that. Yes. Uh, yeah, I don't even know how you went, but I guess that yeah, you have to see it when you're awake with no jet lag this time next time yeah, you see it. Most definitely. Well, I have to tell you my favorite musical of all time, and I saw it 10 times on Broadway, uh, was Aida. And, yes, I love know, Aida. Oh my God. Sherry Renee Scott and Heather Headley, you know, were just goddesses to me. So yeah, I think to pretty much everyone, that's a pretty incredible cast. Yeah. It doesn't get much better than that. And of course, Adam Pascal, you yes, know, I can leave too. poor Adam yeah. out. Yeah. Poor guy. yeah. <laughs> so what advice do you have for kids that want to do musical theater, but they either can't find the courage or are missing the encouragement at home? I think that the main thing is because I think it can feel discouraging to think that everyone's training at these fancy schools and studios, which is great. And a lot of people do that, but it's not for everyone. I mean, if you look at the, uh, if you look at pretty much any musical on Broadway, no two people have the same background or come from the same place. So I truly believe if you have the passion and drive for it, you can do it. You just have to work your very hardest and just, just love it. And the love shows through, I think when you're singing, even if you don't have the, even if you're not the most trained person at the audition, I think there's something to say for loving it. I think that's great advice. You know, while your resume reads like an accomplished actor, you also have another passion in your life that's certainly near and dear to my heart. So tell us about the organization that you founded called Small Acts Big Change and what led you to start it. So this is a very special part of my heart. I love this organization so much. When I was in um, second grade, I started my own nonprofit organization called Small Acts Big Change. And the reason I started this organization was because I noticed a lot of students at my school didn't have opportunities to give back. And I I was someone that grew up giving back because my mom was always taught that to me, which is something I'm so grateful for. But I was so sad that these students wanted to give back and didn't even know how or if they could. They weren't getting that from their parents, like I had the opportunities to. So I, what we did was um, every month we would come in with a project for students to get involved with and they would have to give up their recess time, which to me is incredible that like second graders were literally, were willing to give up their recess time in order to help others. And that just shows that, I mean, this was something that we had to do, I think. And um, so we would come in every month with a new project focusing on people, animals, or the environment. And it started with just my a couple students and then it grew to my whole class and then it grew to my whole grade and then pretty pretty soon the entire school was getting involved and so we kind of realized this was something really special and they would go home and tell their parents and their parents were like oh my other daughter wants to get involved how can she get involved and so it just started expanding to other schools and then eventually it became small acts big change which is what it is today and it's it's pretty amazing i'm pretty happy <laughs> I think what a lot of people don't realize is that, you know, kids want to give back and kids want to be a part of, you know, doing good things in, in our society. They just don't have a lot of opportunities out there for them. Most things are geared towards adults and not kids. 100%. I mean, I remember with my mom, my mom always found a way for me to give back, even when there really wasn't that many, especially when I was first growing up, there was like, no, no places for kids to help out. And that's part of the reason I think we really saw 
the the need for that. And we were seeing these kids wanting to help. And that was really heartbreaking that they couldn't. So I think that's really what inspired me to start Small Acts Big Change. And yeah, I'm, I'm so happy we did. I'm thankful because you guys participated with us uh, at Valentine's yes. <laughs> when we partnered with you. Thank you very much for that. And uh, yeah, you, helped you. Us, <laughs> you helped us send Valentine cards to uh, seniors in the senior communities. I think you've had a multiple campaigns. Tell me about a couple of your most successful ones. Valentine's for Seniors, for me, like you were talking about, is one of my ultimate favorite campaigns all time because I just really love it's it's a very thing that pretty much anybody can do, I think, anywhere. I mean, it's really, it's not, it doesn't take much time or effort to just make a card, but it can make such a big difference to that person's life. I mean, so many seniors feel like just isolated or just feel very lonely during during this time, especially, but during Valentine's a lot of times too. So these cards really can make such a huge difference. And that's why it's one of my favorites. And another campaign that we do every year is No More Homeless Pets. And that focuses on getting animals out of shelters and just getting them off of um, the euthanation list. And um, it's super important to me because animals are so important to me and I, I just love them. And I think it's it's a great way to get them out and hopefully make a, it makes a big difference. I mean, it's life or death for them. Very needed too, yes. right? <laughs> you know, one of the things when I started Bring Smiles to Seniors I, was a very important to me to get kids involved because I thought it was important for them to learn early on how we need to remember those who paved the way for us and that seniors just shouldn't be forgotten in their later years. And they have you know just as much right to be remembered as the rest of us. And just like there's not a lot geared towards kids participating in, you know, charities and stuff like that. It almost seems like society forgets seniors because they figure they li- and they've lived their life and we tend to forget them, which we should not do. And I wanted kids to learn that. And I know that you have children involved in your program as well. So what, what, why isn't that important for you to also have children involved? I think it's really important, the idea that um, to start kids when they're at a young age, getting involved in charity, because that is they are the future, basically, of our world. And if they realize at a young age that a small act can make a huge difference, then hopefully they'll take those skills into whatever professions they pursue. I mean, they could be leaders, and hopefully we want them, you know, to like just just keep doing kindness. I mean, if they can start kindness young, hopefully that's something they'll continue their whole life. That is so, so true. And I love your tagline, volunteering to change the world. And I think that most people don't see their individual contributions as part of the global collective that comes together to do amazing things. And I call it the power of we, because I think, you know, we all have our contribution, no matter how small it is. But when you add up all those contributions together, it becomes like this really big thing. Do you find the same thing with your volunteers? Oh, 100%. I think something that can seem so small, so like not even a big deal at all can make a huge difference to someone. I mean, even like we were saying with the cards, it doesn't take that much time to make a card. I mean, it's nothing, you don't have to spend four hours making one card, but it's just to that senior, it can mean everything to them. And I think that's really important. And that's actually why we call it small acts, big change, small acts, big change, because these small acts can make a huge difference to our world. I think if we all, if we all do our part. That's right. And you focus on people, animals, and the environment. And that seems, you know, a lot to, uh, to bite off to work on. But I love that. And so why all three and not just one? I think that it was very important to us from the beginning that each of these areas were 
taken care of. We each in our charity, my, my sister, my mom and I each kind of cover one area, especially. So I mostly focus on animals, but we all crossover because it's all important. But so we kind of wanted to make the biggest impact we could and make sure that there was help for everyone. And uh, especially with younger kids, I mean, they want variety kind of in the projects we're working on. And that offered that to them, which was wonderful. I think those are three important things that everybody should be focusing on today. So the fact that you're able to hit all three of them, I think is very admirable. Just tell us what your the website is for people to go out and take a look and see what your program does. Our website is www.smallaxbigchange.org. All right, great. And if you get a chance, you should go out and take a look. I've been out on the site and you can see some of the amazing things that Gracie and her sister and mom and a whole bunch of other organizations partnering with them um, are doing to make our world a little better place. You know, I I, I think uh, you have a pretty special mom, Carolyn, who's a major supporter of yours. So how's your mom inspired you in both your musical work and your uh, small acts, big change? She is the most inspirational person to me. She's the reason really both of these things are part of my life. And I'm so grateful for that. She was someone that was always, she always wants me to like, kind of find my own passion growing up. Like she never was like, do this or do that. We just kind of, she let me go to a bunch of different classes and try new things. So she was the reason I got to see Mary Poppins with her. And that was the moment I fell in love with it, which I think is really cool that she's not, she's like, she calls herself the opposite of a stage mom because she just does it to make me happy. But She'd much rather, I think, me have more of a stable career, but that's really funny. And she's also the person that drives me to all of my lessons, my million classes. <laughs> so I'm really grateful for that. And then in charity, charity-wise, she was the person that introduced me to charity and giving back at such a young age. And she's the reason I think I love it so much because I watched her make such a big difference and make an impact on different people's lives. And she also just educated me about everything that is kind of going on within like the animal world and stuff. And that made me really want to help. I think knowing more about the situation, educating people is a huge, is hugely important to making a difference as well. Well, and I think one of the best things she did um, and the world's better off for it is she gave us Gracie. (laughs) She's she's pretty amazing. I don't know about that, but thank you about me, but she's amazing. (laughs) So Gracie, you've done more in your 15 years than many people do in a lifetime. And it's it's so awesome to see people with the gifts you have using them, not only in your professional pursuits, but for the good of the community as well. And I, I really think that you serve as an inspiration for what every teen should aspire to be. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. Thank you. So you've listened to my podcast, and you know, usually at the end of the podcast, I ask some uh, James Lipton questions. James, Lip- James Lipton from Inside the Actor Studio, who we lost yes. recently, yeah. uh, was one of my favorite interviewers. I just love the way he uh, interviewed actors and kind of just brought them out of their shell. So I'm going to ask yes, you a few, uh, a few of James Lipton questions. So what's your favorite word? My favorite word is euphoria. And the reason is because when I got to sing at Carnegie, that was the word that just kept coming into my head. So I have to say euphoria. And what sound or noise do you love the most? I love the sound of rain. I've always found it really calming. And it's kind of like music, in my opinion, percussion. <laughs> All right, and if you, had, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? I think it would be to just be able to like help animals more. I know that sounds kind of like not... It, but I just I feel so sad that there's so many animals and people out there that I can't reach. And as one person, I mean, I can try I can make a big difference, but I would love to be able to help more. And I think that'd be an amazing superpower. 
to be able to help more people and animals. <laughs> you could keep every animal from being homeless. That would be a superpower, right? Yeah, that would be <laughs> a pretty sure. incredible world, I think, if we could do that. And if you weren't pursuing musical theater, what profession would you love to attempt? I would love to do something more with my nonprofit or a, or a nonprofit. I think it would be amazing to be able to devote more time towards that because I get to spend a lot of time on it, but to be like putting all of my energy and time towards it would be amazing. Yeah, that's my dream too. If I could do my nonprofit full time, um, I tell everybody that my day job feeds my stomach and the nonprofit feeds my soul. 100%. Uh, yeah, that right? That's a great thing to say. Well, I can't wait to find out where your career takes you. And I think whatever it is, your life path is going to take you on some pretty amazing adventures. It has already. And you have that beautiful balance of sharing your gift with, a wor with the world that you're passionate about. And all I can say is that I hope you remember me when you're famous. Thank you. That's so sweet. And I so appreciate you being on the podcast with me today. Thank you for having me. So that's it. Another episode of Mornings with Ron. I don't know about you, but this passion series has inspired me to do more, be better, and to continue on the path to leave this world a little better off than I found it, especially in the environment in which we currently find ourselves. I hope that something that you heard in these last few minutes inspire you and help you as you navigate your life path. And until next time, be kind to yourself and others.